Independence. It's a scary and wonderful idea, isn't it? Captain of your own ship, mistress of your own destiny, boss of your own damn self. It's the dream, and it's the nightmare. Because when you take the reins, take the wheel, get the bit in your teeth, or take the bull by the horns, well, then it's all on you. Win or lose. It can be frightening, whatever metaphor you choose. But that's really what it's all about, making choices. Choosing to take the path less traveled, or do something no one else is doing. Or do something others have tried, but adding your own twist. And choosing never to forget, to help others along the way. Well, that makes it all worthwhile. Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am Louise Salas, but you can call me Julie, your very own cruise director on this cocktail-loving craft. And if I'm playing the role of Julie, you know what that means, Gina? You are Isaac Washington. Well, thank you for having me. (laughs) Love your porn stash. You know, actually, you know, you might be able to easily play a couple of roles on the uh, love boat. You could, you could play, you know, Doc. You're always like Doc. Yeah, you're always cooking some up some magic elixir. You know, never like, saw the love boat. Everything. Never saw the person that actually clean the love boat. That would be my job. I'd be the person with like a with a push broom. <laughs> people would be like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Well, I just made all the drinks, but now I got to clean up." That would be my job. So, okay, okay. So I think we kicked the hell out of that. <laughs> um, so let's put an end to this silliness. Get the show on the road, um, and let's introduce today's designated drinker. Um, please welcome. Uh, maybe maybe you could be Captain Stubing. Uh, not I'll really. take it. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's Brendan Skull, of uh, the CEO and co-founder of DC Brow Brewing. That's me. Awesome, awesome. Thank well, you guys so much for having me on the show today. Thank Great. you for coming. Yeah, you know, I did do a little more research about like guests, like the most popular guests on the Love Boat, and it's like Sonny Bono, Florence Henderson, Tom Hanks. Thanks. Tom Hanks yeah, on the Tom Love Hanks. Boat. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I yeah. thought that was before his time. I guess not. Yeah, wow. and apparently Andy Warhol played himself. That's shocking. I know. I was like, that's shocking that he would do that. Andy Warhol. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know. I want to be that good one day where I can just play myself at any given time. Yeah. Cameo as yourself on yes. any given popular but TV show. That's yeah. the only thing I can be, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get down to business. Uh, Brandon, tell us tell us uh, a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So, uh, so my name is Brandon Skull. Like you mentioned, I'm the CEO and co-founder of DC Brow. Uh, the brewery itself is in its seventh year. Um, wow. It's been crazy, crazy, crazy wild time. It happened pretty fast. Um, but basically, I came from the beverage world before starting the the brewery. I, I worked uh, in wine sales and marketing. I actually I I knew Gina because I used to sell chartreuse. Oh. Um, prior to, to opening the brewery. But, <coughs> Fabulous. Oh, it's so good. The chartreuse days. Yes. Pass the, the those torch. Those went by pretty quickly, I will say. There was a game uh, called Pass the Torch. We played it a bit. Do you know about that game? I don't. Tell me. Do we have any chartreuse? No. No, no, no. no. So, you, uh, so chartreuse is uh, pretty high ABV, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And in order to prove it, uh, one of the best things you can do is dunk your finger in it and set it on fire. Uh-huh. And then you get a bunch of people around in a circle and you all... Everybody dunks their finger and you all pass the flame. Oh. And then you're like, that's pretty cool. Let's drink the rest of this. 
And then <laughs> and then you can up the ante and the person that screws up the flame, the flame has to pay the bill for the chartreuse. Oh, that's a good deal. Yeah, well, I love it. I'd end up screwing it up every Me, time. I'd, I'd start laughing or something. Silly. I don't even think I have any feeling left in this finger, <laughs> so I would never lose. I'd be like, I'm good. <laughs> I mean, it would burn off before it would it would hurt burn you. Burn you. Yeah, but yeah. um, but yeah. So I don't uh, so, have a lot of hair. That's what I'd be concerned about. Oh yeah, you got to be careful about yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Back then, I didn't have a lot of hair. I've got hair now, but uh, <laughs> but back then, I wasn't in concern of lighting that on fire. <laughs> um, and oh, the wow. flame was like a weird color too. Um, oh, yeah, it was pretty blue. Good. It was like blue, yeah. like you. Yeah. yeah. It definitely had some magic. <laughs> yeah. Or it's because you were doing shots of 140 proof liquor. Yeah, it could be that. <laughs> uh, so, but so yeah, so that's so I um, I originally worked for a group called Henry Wine Group, and I sold wine. Um, I was an account manager selling it to the accounts. And then I worked for Frederick Wildman and Sons, which is an importer based in New York who imported wine and spirits and uh, thus the chartreuse. And um, I picked up a whole nother skill set at that job, which is more marketing based and how to work as a supplier selling to distributors. And then that was sort of the skill set that I took into DC Brow. Cool. Um, also, I was homebrewing a lot at the time and really just looking at this big gap in the D.C. market, because back then there was no brewery. Yeah. Um, you know, there had been Old Dominion, uh, which was not really producing. They had closed the facility, and some of it was being contracted in, in um, Delaware, I believe, but it wasn't really what it was in D.C. And um, and uh, Old Irick had stopped brewing, too, which is Christian Irick's uh, grandson had a, a contract brand and and uh that had ceased several years earlier and the city just sort of wasn't responsive to it at that time but i was looking around at a different time i'm saying hey there's a, a great opportunity for this and uh my friend jeff was a brewer at uh flying dog in maryland so the two of us combined forces cool. and uh decided to give it a shot that's great it's it's again i seem to repeat myself quite often but that that the journey that's put in front of you and yeah. the people that come together and having these different um, skill sets, how that how that all kind of comes into balance and it, plays a large role in success. It definitely felt very right because um, it all just sort of fell into place. So it seemed like it was meant to happen. I actually knew Jeff from years earlier DJing. We were uh, we were both ravers and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we used to DJ uh, some all night parties awesome. together. <laughs> Uh, so, so that sort of morphed into a, uh, professional relationship where, uh, uh, we are now. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now that is, can I say, can I say, absolutely. Sometimes and only very rarities, you can get them to DJ for you or with you or at the brewery when they feel like it. And they're actually still really good. (laughs) So got some skills. I'm not saying that, you know, this all went belly up to go back to the days, but you know, it's, it's definitely fewer and far between now. No, I mean, it's for fun. I mean, yeah, I mean, I've got like two kids, the business and also I'm like, you know, I'm older now. It's just sort of like the allure to be out all night isn't always there, but Every now and then, you know, you get the urge. we get the urge. We, we just DJed at uh, U Street Music Hall maybe in the beginning of December. Oh, cool. So a while ago, but that was that was a lot of fun. But, you know, it's like a annual biannual thing now. What's your what's your DJ name? Uh, so we had our own DJ names before the brewery, but we created a, a, a tag team moniker that's uh, Brothers Brow. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's perfect. That's awesome. So he used to be free fall and I was Brandon Black. And then oh, great. I very love classy. <laughs> this is just old school. I mean, this is where, we, this is where everyone was. And you're hustling then and you're hustling now in yeah, a different man. way. 
just and but still at the party, you know, still always, at the party. Always. So Can't was give it up. So was all the the DJing done? Was that just in your D? Are you? Is it just DC? Then? Yeah, yeah, primarily Washington DC. I had a f- I, I f- had a few out of town gigs. I used to produce house music also, so I had some releases. <laughs> Uh, on the production those? circuit. So can we better. find yeah, those? You can find those. Uh, you so can find if anyone's those looking, that's going to yeah. be Brandon Black, I believe. Yeah, I think there's some on Beatport <laughs> and uh, Track Source. But, uh, it's going to be amazing. But, uh, I know but, what yeah. I'm doing afterward. <laughs> yeah. The, these are the rave skeletons in the closet. Yeah. Bottomous <laughs> album. So uh, let's, uh, let's talk about what you brought with you today. This um, Yeah, totally. Really intriguing. Make me thirsty. I've got some fun stuff. <laughs> um, where do you want to start? You tell us. You, you're, you're, you're driving this. I'll pick. I'll pick. Okay, I'm you just pick. go along for the ride. I want to pick with that. I want to oh, start with that. Oh, El Jefe it's, Speaks. It's a fave. I we love, love this it. beer. So this beer disappears for a few months out of the year, but it always comes back in the springtime. And um, this is a beer that we've been proud to brew for, for many years. It started as a collaboration uh, with actually a, f- a former brewer, uh, John Solomon and uh, Chris Frazier from um, Solly's. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Solly's. It's a wonderful, wonderful tavern on uh, U Street. And also, Solly now uh, has got his hands in some other things. Uh, Union Trust, and which is down by uh, 15th Street. And it's a partnership with him and Tony T. Um, and then also, another partnership with him, him and Tony T is uh, uh, Brooklyn's Finest. But anyway, uh, back to the beer. You know, we, we really wanted to do a, a sort of collaboration mm-hmm. with him as a, as a nod to sort of like the local brew history. And also he's a buddy of ours and one of the first people to support the brand. So he thought it was perfect. And, and he wanted to brew a Hefeweizen because at the time we didn't filter or centrifuge any of our beers. So he wanted to make something that was really true to that unfiltered style. And that was how we settled on Hefeweizen. It's delicious. So, oh, it is nice. Yeah. One of the things about this beer and one of the reasons we like to have it around for spring, summer, and most of fall is it's just it's just great to drink on a warm day, on a hot day. You know, you've got that bubble gum, that clove character coming out of it, that those banana esters. It really is a, a very true traditional German Hefeweizen. Oh, yeah, that banana is right there. Hold on. Let's, let's <clears throat> break the myth, okay? Because yeah. I cannot tell you how many times I stand behind the bar at Suburbia. And someone goes, can I have the banana beer? And I'm like, I'm like, okay, they, you know, and they go talk to their girlfriends. They put banana in it. I'm like, they don't, it's from the, what is it from? Uh, so it's from about two tons of bananas. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so it's, it's, so it's, I would love it. <laughs> Wait, just a minute. I think it would be great. Yes, Did you see her face? That was priceless. Uh, yeah, no, so, so that, that's just a characteristic of, of the yeast strain that we use. So um, actually, and the yeast strain that we use comes from the Weinstefaner Brewery. Um, so um, it's really known for that banana character and also that, that clove to a secondary degree, but... Um, it's a really just fun, playful beer, and um, you don't have to put fruit in it. You know, a lot of times people think of wheat beers, um, Belgian wit beers. People are always thinking of, of putting a slice of orange in or whatever, but you can see it's just the beer can stand on its own two legs, and, um, and I really wanted to bring this because I wanted to showcase it. Um, it's a really easy drink. I mean, yeah, like this is a staple. I, this is literally my summer staple, so... I don't have to tell. I don't have to tell Brandon that it sells itself. I don't have to. It it really does. In the past couple of years, people have really come around to it. I feel like uh, we were always known as being the hot forward brewery, and we still make our hoppy beers. You know, the the public 
uh, is still pretty darn hoppy for uh, pale ale. Borders on that IPA, you know, walks the IPA line. Uh, and then our IPA is very hoppy. And then our double IPA, of course, is very hoppy. Um, so we're sort of known for those beers a lot of the time, but we make a lot of other fun stuff like this guy here, which is a really well-balanced, low-hopped beer um, that's got everything you'd expect from a world-class Hefeweizen. Yeah, very nice. I like it. It is. I mean, I, I love it, so I'm not going to... All right, now go any way you want. I don't... So um, I just want to get one more smell of this. <laughs> Um, so as we move away from there, we're going to go to sort of a different end of the spectrum. Um, sleeping, standing up. So I love, 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 love. When he told me this when we were speaking earlier, I get such a kick out of the, the name. Because that's my gig. I'm a branding geek. That's my gig. And I just love I loved the name of this one. So we've got a lot of fun. We've had a lot of fun with naming beers over the years. You know, a lot of times uh, a new beer would come from oh. a mistake. And we would have to come up with a beer, like, on the spot, beer name or whatnot. We came up with some fun ones, like Pyramids Under the Sea. Oh, that's fun. That was named after a conspiracy I found online that, like, aliens were here a long time ago, and there's pyramids all under the sea. Oh, yes, yes. I've seen that um, uh, ancient alien episode, I believe. (laughs) So, you know, we were all into that. Um, But uh, more recently, some of these one-off beers that have been intentional, a brief history of time travel, um... Uh, Turbo Boost Multi Ball, um, and also we've got an Irish Cry Stout coming out called the Infinite Sadness. It's a play on uh, play on Irish Dry Stout. But anyway, um, I like Infinite. That's a good name. Yeah. Yes, these are all great <laughs> the names. Infinite Sadness. Uh, so I've got to give that to Colm Kelly, the brewer oh. who came up with that recipe, actually. Um, but so yeah, so, so just- we've started this whole new lo- production line at the brewery. Since we finished our expansion and now we've got an extra brew house, we've been brewing these really fun one-off beers that we can be very versatile and just fly by the seat of our pants. If we if we get an idea of something we want to brew, we can brew it. We don't have to go through setting it up with all of our distributors and, and going through all this. And usually we're not talking about a huge amount of beer here. It's enough that we usually sell it right at the brewery and brewery only and it'll sell out in one or two weeks. Oh, nice. Um, Gives you an opportunity to be really creative. Exactly. And and that's like, you know, how we came up with sleeping standing up. So we uh, wanted to brew a barley wine and we wanted to barrel it. We wanted to barrel age it. So we brewed about 15 barrels of this beer and we put it actually into one eight barrels that the first whiskey that they actually made and produced in the district. Yeah. So we bought all those barrels and we filled them all up with this guy. And we let it sit in there for about four months, um, sampling it here and there throughout the way. And when we felt it was ready, we went ahead and canned it. We only put two half barrels of this in keg, only to pour at the brewery. Everything else was sold in these cans. And you can see these cans are a little bit different. Yep. The yep. viewers at home. <laughs> uh, so we, uh, we actually just made tall some boys, stickers right? and put them on these tall boys. Yeah. And, and so this is a, a new program that we're able to do this year. So you can look forward to a bunch of sort of cool, unique, weird things coming out of the brewery. We did, uh, we did a, a slightly hazy uh, double hopped double IPA called Brief History of Time Travel. Like I mentioned. Uh, when you say hazy, what do you mean by that? Um, so we, if you look at sort of, so if you look at the Hefeweizen here, yes. you can see that it's hazy. Oh, gotcha. Um, unfiltered. Yes. Now, if you were to pour our Pilsner out, which we'll, we, we can actually, mm-hmm. yeah, let's go ahead and pour one just for the sake of it. We didn't even discuss this one. We've just been drinking it, and we didn't even bother to say anything. This so, is the sleeping standing up. Sleep. It's delicious, just so everyone knows. So if you look at the, the Pilsner there, you can see at home. I mean, oh, I it's, see. It's very clear. Yep. Uh, it's, it's brilliant, as they would say. Uh, so it's because it's been run through our centrifuge. Um, 
And before we had our centrifuge, pretty much every beer we put out was hazy. But recently, there's been a pretty big resurgence in unfiltered IPAs, um, and they do tend to have this sort of hazy character, hazy look to them. So um, we went back and did that with A Brief History of Time Travel. Um, And also, uh, we're going to be doing that with some more of these one-off beers coming forward Mm -hmm. out of the brewery. But most of our production line, we're always going to filter or or, um, centrifuge because it just... It lends itself to longer shelf life, stability, and when you've got a product on the shelf out in a retail location, uh, it's really important that that product, uh, you know, has some shelf life to it, and you're putting your best foot forward. So we're always going to be quality. Integrity. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's what you want. So we're always going to be doing that. But let's let's do talk about this beer. Um, the sleeping standing up. Sleeping standing up. I mean. Can you tell everybody what barley wine is? Because I feel like sometimes you got to backtrack a little bit. If I yeah. Was listening so to I'm, I'm, so barley wine is an ale. Um, and it's really high in ABV. So um, this is about 10.5%. Ooh, big boy um, beer. And uh, a lot of times, actually, barley wines and double IPAs are actually very similar um, because they're both, they both have a tremendous amount of malt in them. Usually with the double IPAs, uh, the hop presence is going to out, outweigh, outshine that malt character because there's just so much yeah. hops. Um, but... Um, a lot of times the difference between a double IPA and a barley wine can come down to that. Um, also the malt bill. I mean, if you're looking at this beer right here, it's definitely malt forward. Yes. Um, you get some of these sort of uh, barrel aging notes out of it. There's some vanilla that comes through, but also, you know, there's some of that sort of dried fruit character, that date and fig I was going to say, I get, yeah. that's what I get from this date and figs. And like, um, I don't know, like almost like a cognac-y in a way Oh, to yeah, me. absolutely. Definitely boozy. You know, um, shocking that I would find it <laughs> palatable. Then you know, I mean, Jesus. Oh, I think this is one of the uh, mo- more exciting things to come out of the brewery recently. Uh, we've always wanted to do a barley wine, but we've never been able to. A because of the size of our old system, we just it was hard for us to pack that much malt into the mash tun. Um, and B just with the the production needs of our normal beers and the other system. That really held us back for the past three or so years ago from being creative because we're just trying to keep up with what the market needed. And we had this tiny little 15 barrel system. Now we've got a 40 hectoliter system and a 30 bar- and a 15 barrel system. So we're definitely going to be playing around with a lot more fun one off stuff this year and sort of getting back to our roots and how we used to brew. That's really exciting. It's exciting to hear, especially local businesses doing so well and hearing like, you know, you just got so much more going on and you get to do these really exciting, fun, creative. um, But they have a passion, like their passion is their fuel. I think like if you, if you knew these gentlemen, you know that they run nonstop, you know what I mean? So sleeping, standing up is actually a truth, right? (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) Is that you on the can? No. Yeah, that's not me. Although there is a mustache T-shirt we have that everybody thinks is me because I sometimes have this really big mustache. But that's back not to me. the porn stash. And we well, no, and then sometimes back. it disappears, and then he goes, "Hey, it's me." And we're like, "Oh, he ran." Whoa, okay. Go <laughs> that back. Go that back. Go that back. <laughs> well, you get used to seeing somebody one way, and then all oh, of a sudden yeah. they just show up all clean shaven. And you're like, "What has happened?" Well, traditionally, I shave it on um, my wife's birthday because she doesn't like it. So I always get rid of the mustache on that. So for 364 <laughs> days a year, whatever. Well, but then I look awkward for like the first, you know, three quarters of August as it grows back. I was like, wait, <laughs> when's her birthday? Uh, August 23rd. So you've got like tan lines? Uh, no, well, normally I don't have a beard. I just have just, just a have mustache. This, yeah. It's just a mustache. Yeah. And it's like a bird. That would be a little light. Really actually, <laughs> new game plan. 
Please grow out everything out. Go in the sun and then shave it so you do have tan line beard. Okay. Right. You, you can start a whole the, new thing. Beard in DC. Line. Could be a trend. Yeah, instead of bikini lines being sexy, it'd be beard lines. Beard oh, guys, it'd be like. Shh, shh. Well, the beard thing is just so popular now. You know, like yeah. I so you really can only then, have one chance to do it too because since you you start tanning, it's done. Well, and then there's this thing where I felt like it was a requirement for every brewer to have a beard. Yes, and it that is was true. when I and was tattoos. like, I still wanted, so I got the tattoos. Yes. They're not going anywhere. Yeah, you can't take those <laughs> off. I was like, I didn't want to be so stereotypical, so I was like, all right, I guess I'll have a mustache. But then I didn't want one of those like real, you know, hipster, mustaches. like high maintenance. Oh, so I just Brooklyn. had like a Burt Reynolds, Reynolds thing going on. I like there. that's good. Now we have to get you a nice Camaro. Firebird. Yes, Wait, what did you drive? A Camaro or Firebird? I don't have a car. Uh, but what was it? A fe- it was a Firebird that he drove he in. He drove a Firebird. Firebird. Yeah. Well, that's what you have to get. Was my brother had one of those. Firebird? I feel like it was a Firebird or nice. a Thunderbird. It was something with that big, like long it. front. Yeah, did my brother have, had like, one of those with the big, on the hood? Yes, yes, the big Phoenix on the front. Yeah. My brother had a black one in awesome. gold and silver. T-top? Yeah. Yep. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, of course. They need to bring back the T-top. Because they're so practical. Hold on. Where do you them when you take them off? car if you get a good running start. So practical. Right back to Luke. Um, 100%. They were awesome. I grew up in Long Island. They were acceptable. <laughs> and if you dated somebody with a T-top, way better than somebody that's had a regular car. Right? So, right. boom. And you know what yes. the selling point was? It's safer if you got into an accident. That's like convertible versus T-top. Because you go right oh, you top. Went, No, no, no. It was safer because you had no, a roll bar. No, they sold it because, yes, because it had a bar. It had the bar uh, in the back, in the okay. middle. Yeah. In the middle. So if you crash this way, Less. You have to hope no impact came this way, just on the spot. You just you went all the way over. But if you were in a convertible, death. So yeah, that's right, crushed. Wow, that's an uplifting note. Um, let's go back to um, let's talk about the the Pilsner now. Uh, okay. Yes. Let's Tell do me. It. Right. Um, so um, so what I've brought today is our Pilsner, and this is a, a exciting beer for us because. Um, we'd always wanted to brew an authentic German style pilsner. Um, so Jeff, my my uh, partner at the brewery, is a huge fan of uh, authentic German lagers, and uh, also, like I said, having that reputation for for uh, uh, being such a hop forward brewery, yep. we really wanted to show that that we're versatile and can do more things. And we had always wanted to brew a pilsner, so we decided we would do it. Um, there was some other mystical stuff that happened, but I'll spare you guys on that. Um, but we decided it had to be done. Mystical. Yeah, it was an amazing aligning of the planets and stuff. But and unicorns. That's a, that's another story. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah. So actually, it had to do with our Cicerone test. So we we were all studying for the Cicerone test together. And uh, wait, some people don't know what that is. That's become like a, a beer. Yes. Uh, it's like a sommelier. sommelier yeah, no, no, I program know. for beer. Yeah, no, I was yeah. making sure people knew what that was. Yeah, good job. So yeah, I mean, it, and it's you know it's a very intensive, uh, very intensive test, and it takes months to study for. And uh, part of it, you have an essay on one style of beer, and there is just you really realize like yeah you're like yeah I know there's a lot of beers out there, but once you're studying for this test and you're really hitting the almanacs, hitting the beer encyclopedias, and going through every single style and every regional style, then you're saying, wow, there, there's a lot of beer out here. And your essay question can be on any one of these hundreds of styles of beer that exist. So uh, we had all just been drinking a lot of German pills in preparation because trying to get all these imported styles, 
they're kind of hard to get around here, yeah. but there's definitely a lot of German pills. So we're slamming beer, you know, German pills while we're studying for this and we're saying all like, research, man, I hope this question ends up being on German pills because <laughs> we know that, you know, and then, uh, and then the test comes and our essay question was Northern German pills. Oh. So, oh uh, we were like, all right, it's, it's in the stars. It's, it has to be done. We are officially brewing a Pilsner and Brow Pills was born. Uh, and it's, it's been a, a great big hit for us. The first year, people sort of didn't know what to do with it. But then I think there's been a whole movement in the industry towards embracing Pilsner. And uh, we sort of had this one out there. And uh, we use all top-line ingredients. I mean, the only thing that's not from Germany in this beer is uh, – the water that comes from DC, <laughs> um, but we we use a traditional heritage line of uh, uh, pills malt, uh, Barca Pills uh, from Weyermann, which is a very prestigious German malt producer. Uh, we also use all uh, all German hops. We've got um, uh, the Augustiner yeast strain in it, so it's definitely a, a really fun, very drinkable, very crisp, very dry German pills. Uh, Czech pills is going to have a little bit more sweetness to it. Might be a little darker in color. This is very true to style, and, and we're really proud of this beer. And speaking of being proud of this beer, uh, we do something fun and special with this beer every year at Pride. Yes, let's talk about that. that I would really love for everyone to hear about um, the great work that you're doing and supporting this this very um, th- this great charity, this great cause. So yeah, so we're. I mean, we try to really always be community minded at DC Brow. Number one. Um, and um, human rights, LGBT rights, they're all very dear and close to our hearts. And we got the opportunity to partner with Washington uh, Blade to do a special release of a beer that would benefit around Pride, that would benefit not only the Blade Foundation, um, but also Smile. So we jumped at that opportunity. And um, last year, we, we rebranded uh, brow pills as pride pills and Great. it's going to be an ongoing tradition. So we're excited to do it this year. Um, also one of the coolest parts about this is we crowdsource the art. Uh, so it's a little bit more interactive with the community. So, um, last year we had a contest, we had about 30 submissions and we whittled it down to 12 that we then put online for the public to choose. That's awesome. Uh, their favorite. And, um, we were really, really pleased with uh, with the winning can, um, and this year we're excited to do the same thing. It's just great to build awareness um, around such um, such a space where you hear like it's LBGTQ um, rights, but the truth is it's just human rights. These are Absolutely. human rights, Absolutely. and it's important for all of us to understand. Um, we all may be different, but absolutely we are we're all, all human. human. Last time yeah. I checked. Uh. Uh, some of us might be subhuman, but no, no, it's true. You yes. have to. And so, in case any of you didn't catch it, um, Brendan mentioned Smile. That's supporting them and mentoring youth advocates and leaders, um, and it's an LGBT LGBT community um, uh, advocacy group. And, um, and and I think their work is particularly important because they're reaching out to people when they're the most vulnerable. Um, you know, people who are in their youth and uh, providing a support network for them. And, so important. And that's very, very important, and we're very proud to support that. So if you guys would want to find out anything more about that, you can always go to designateddrinker.show, and we will have the links to um, the foundations that um, Brandon is uh, supporting. And uh, DC Brown is supporting, a good absolutely. human being. It's nice. 
And by proxy, I, so are we, damn it. Right? I only, yes. I only play one on, uh, on uh, podcasts. And, uh, <laughs> is, is it the Brian ego? When no. I'm on, when I'm on the, the alter ego. Yeah. This, is, this, is, this is not the Brandon Black, everybody. Thank you very much. All right. We're going to make a cocktail for you. What do you think? Let's do it. Let's do it. It's okay. time. All right. So we're going to, so here's the thing. I am very familiar with El Jefe Speak, so this speaks to my heart, if you will, right? So I'm going to make an American Mule version of uh, the cocktail. So basically, I'm doing one ounce of ginger syrup, which is in here, which is just fresh ginger, a little bit of sugar. Um, And then I did one ounce of uh, whiskey, which is um, actually at 103 proof, so... Good luck, everybody. I like it. Um, and now we're going to squeeze in there half a lime. And the true Moscow mule, American mule, is when you use whiskey instead of vodka. Fashion. And the reason why we use the ginger syrup is because we're not going to use ginger beer in this. We're going to use um, El Jefe Spice because it's going to basically give it the same characteristics characteristics of uh, ginger beer because of not being filtered, playing on the different notes of the citrus and the ginger that goes into making ginger beer. So a lot of people think that ginger beer is legitimately, um, you know, just, uh, um, what's it called? I can't even think of the word. It's just, um, it's not brewed. A real good ginger beer actually is, goes, goes through a brewing process and not just sugar. So. Gotcha, gotcha. So the beer is taking that away. So we're using, you're using mule Music. Of course, I'm using yes. mule cups. Those are cups. great yes. mule cups, too. They are. They're, I got black ones because I knew. <laughs> no, <laughs> no I, so I like the. Uh, so these are. So these are actually. Um, so these are. They're. Sorry, let me back up. They are copper mugs that are dipped in a black. And so what happens is that when they do clear off, um, they will eventually turn the copper, copper color. color. Oh, they're beautiful. But the reason, nice really cool. Yeah, but the reason why we do that is because um, these are dishwasher safe. Oh, nice. Ooh, wonderful. Yes, and uh, I don't know if you. Know I think any- we. Or I think we have to pat him down to make sure you. It's not in your pocket when you leave. Well, <laughs> if he wanted some, it's okay. It's I'm okay. taking them. It's okay. Uh, hold on. If I drink enough of these, you'll never catch me. I'll just be out the door. So fast? Yeah. <laughs> you mean if Sorry, I drink I have to enough go up of and down them, I won't see you leave right, the right, door. Right, right. All right. So one thing about making a mule is you want to overstuff the cup because once you put everything in there, um, the ice is really what's really key to this drink. So you pack it in, and we're going to put my... That's so far away. It's crazy. Um, sorry. We're going to put that in there, and then basically he's going to fill it up. With the beer. With the beer. Wonderful. And it is, you know what, Louise? This is exciting. So it is. I love Moscow Mules. This is the best part of my job. I mean, they look pretty. I'll drink to that. It's a tough life. We had to taste a whole bunch of stuff. It's very, it's very crazy here today. I love it. Hold on. All right. So Moscow Mules, everyone, you know, in general, that should be the only garnish, you know, but I have to tell you. Stepping it up. It's not even stepping it up. I just love mint in a mule cup, no matter whether it's a julep, not a julep, whatever it is. (laughs) It just just looks so good that you have to put it in, and the notes would work really well together. So that's what we're going to do. Great. We got to make it look. Thank you. The part. part. As good as the beer that's in there. Beautiful. Thank you. Smells amazing. Well, cheers. 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 Fabulous. I say it's delicious, and you say? Mm. 
designated drinker. I'm, I'm designated drinking this. <laughs> but it's a, so delicious. I just want to say one thing. Do you see the, the, the difference, right? So when you can use the ginger yeah. with the beer, and you would never, like if I didn't tell you that that was beer, and I said that this was, you know, just ginger beer, you would believe it because that's amazing. There's, so, there's uh, almost a, like a touch of like a tropical note that comes through from, I beer? think from the Hefe. Yeah, yeah that, of course. That is really pleasant and just super unique. I love it. Like there's pineapple or something in yeah, there, Yeah, right? yeah, totally. Yeah. It's nice. We'll, we'll make these frozen and bring them to the brewery. Let's do uh, it. Yeah. Sounds great. We'll have a new we'll have a new day at the brewery when you guys have like a whole stand of it. The crew will love it. <laughs> Set up a Moscow mule stand. Yeah, American yeah. mules at, yeah. Bra- at Brown. Uh, American mules, that's right. Yeah, the brow- we it. call it the brown mule. Brown mule. Oh, I like you. it. So, um, again, if you've missed any of those steps or how-to, um, as Gina's making the drink, don't worry. Just go to designateddrinker.show. That's designateddrinker.show. You'll get all the how-tos and ni- t- n- uh, tips and tricks on how to make that drink. Well, that one's a strong drink, Gina. And, of course, <laughs> the organizations that we talked about with Brandon there are so very important. We'll definitely have links there for you as well. But on that note... And visit the brewery. Hello. Please come by oh, and yes. visit the brewery. Check out some of the uh, doc releases we've got. You guys can follow us on Facebook or uh, Instagram, which is what all the kids are loving these days. So <laughs> the kids. follow us on that, and we, uh, we'll we keep you posted with the happenings and what's going on at the and brewery. And they respond, which is kind of nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. You do. Oh, all right. Sorry. That's all right. No, glad you did it. But again, on that note, it's last call. Brandon, you don't have to go home. You have to get the hell out of here. All right, bye.